Hello, and welcome to the Groovy Writer Podcast, where we explore how to find your writing groove, regardless of your circumstances. I'm your host, author and MFA instructor, Nicole McGinnis. everyone and welcome back to the podcast. So I've decided to do a bit of a mini series called How to Write a Novel. Episodes will appear periodically and they won't necessarily appear all at once in one uh, sequential flow, so to speak. So likely they will appear just mixed in with other episodes. But each of these mini series episodes will focus on one aspect of novel writing. Here is where I'll add a disclaimer. While I've written at least half a dozen full-length manuscripts, full-length novel manuscripts, and had two of them traditionally published, I do not in any way claim to be the be-all, end-all expert on this novel writing process. Obviously, there are as many ways to write a novel as there are novelists. That said, I do think there are certain parts of the process, different phases that most novelists need to deal with, and that often there are commonalities in the ways writers do choose to deal with these different phases of the process. There is so much great information out there online also from other writers who have undertaken the Herculean task of novel writing at least one time. So I always encourage you, if anything I have to say here inspires you to go out and conduct further research into your own unique situation, do that. In fact, I pretty much always encourage writers to research all sorts of topics pertaining to the specific type of writing they do, how other writers handle the challenges specific to that type of writing, etc. The novels I've written have fallen into two or three categories. I started out by writing literary fiction. That was really my first love. It was what I read. It was what I wrote. It just really called to me. I really enjoyed it. And I've written at least two literary fiction full-length novel manuscripts. I think I've actually written more, but two come immediately to mind. I still love literary fiction, but what I found in my journey with those manuscripts, because I did write them with the desire to have them published, the feedback I tended to get from editors was that my novels were quote-unquote quiet. And in publishing, quiet can, but doesn't always, translate to quote, hard to sell. It did translate to hard to sell in my case because those manuscripts didn't sell, so it translated to impossible to sell. And I don't know that it was the fact that they were on the quiet side that was fully responsible. But I received similar feedback on different literary fiction projects. And in talking to my agent, discovered that literary fiction at the time was a bit of a hard sell anyway, and being on the quiet side didn't help things. So from literary fiction, I pivoted to writing young adult fiction. I was getting feedback that I had a good voice for YA, even though I really hadn't considered it. So YA is actually the category into which my two published novels fall. So I I absolutely had more success with YA. I think I improved my skills with YA, and that was great. 
and I still write YA. I've also written a manuscript that bordered on what I would call a combination of women's fiction and commercial fiction. It wasn't literary, but it wasn't straight commercial either. That project remains a bit in limbo, and frankly, I'm letting it percolate a bit while I focus on other projects. I've just completed another YA manuscript. I have a potential middle grade project in mind, along with some sci-fi short stories that are still in the very early stages. In fact, they're in the stage that I will largely be discussing today. That overall stage is pre-writing. The one thing that all of my manuscripts have in common, regardless of genre or category, is that they have followed a fairly predictable pattern of creation. And I don't think this is necessarily only true of my manuscripts. I do think the writing process in general, whether we're writing something as short as a term paper or as long as a full-length novel, tends to be broken into the pre-writing, drafting, revision, and editing stages. That's just a very common, typical, overwhelmingly normal way to go about writing for many people. So I'm pretty sure that out of all of these stages of the writing process, the very earliest stages of pre-writing are my favorite. I think of these as the first sparks stages. To me, the pre-writing phase begins in this land of endless, dreamy opportunity where I sort of get to meet potential characters, I get to think about who they are, who they might become, how they would react to a variety of situations, and then as other characters show up, I get to introduce them to each other. Meanwhile, in the background, the plot of the story I want to tell is probably starting to take shape, as are some of the big questions writers often ask at the beginning glimmers of a project, such as, what is at stake for these characters? And what obstacles will they likely need to overcome between the first page and the last? This initial stage is a good place to start asking ourselves another question, which is, are we a plotter, a pantser, or a sort of hybrid of the two? A planter, if you will. I had a recent conversation with students during which we talked about this question, and it was really interesting to see how everyone's answered varies. For those who aren't familiar with these terms that are frequently lobbed about in the writing community, here's an explanation. A plotter is someone who typically takes care to plot a writing project from beginning to end. This type of writer tends to know well before the drafting phase starts who the characters are, what they're up against, and how everything will turn out. A plotter will likely encounter some surprising twists and turns while writing that first draft, but in general, these are the writers who know what's what. A pantser, on the other hand, is someone who writes by the seat of his or her pants. This is how I've typically heard it described. This type of writer has no qualms about really letting it all hang out there, so to speak, and will tend to be open to seeing where the story takes them. I've actually heard that some pantsers go so far as to say that they don't even know what's going to happen in a scene until it happens. 
And that always makes me envision sort of this channeling that's taking place, almost like they're, I don't know, taking dictation from the muse in real time or something. Then we get to the plancers. These are my people. As the name suggests, plancers tend to pull techniques from both the plotters and the pantsers. We might like a certain amount of structure. I definitely do. But at the same time, we don't want to take all the fun out of the writing process by planning everything out down to the last detail. I tend to think that the official motto of plancers the world over should be something like, surprise me, but not necessarily with a jump scare. And honestly, now that I think about it, it would be interesting to graph the correlation, if there is one, between where writers fall on the plotter, pantser, plancer scale, we can call it the triple P scale for short, and their level of risk tolerance in general. I'm totally getting an idea for a future episode right now, by the way. For now, though, let's get back to pre-writing with the understanding that the overall pre-writing experience for the different types of triple P writers will likely look different as well. So plotters will handle it differently from pantsers who will handle it differently from plantsers. But I do tend to think that most, if not all writers have that similar initial imagination-fueled phase of pre-writing in common. I've actually heard of some writers who think about projects for years until they set a single word down, which to me is unimaginable. I can't imagine holding those ideas in my head for that long. I, I at some point really need to get an idea down, especially if it looks like it's going to take. Other writers take notes right from the beginning, right when they first get one of those first sparks, a glimmer of clarity about a story, a theme, a character, the setting, dialogue, etc. I used to be one of the latter where I would get an idea and just write it down immediately. But again, typical of my planter nature, I have learned over time that it's really not a bad idea for me to turn ideas over in my head for a little while, not for too long but for a little while to kind of see what sticks. And once I find myself returning to a particular little spark over and over, at that point, I'll jot it down because at that point, it's sticking. It's something that is piquing my interest more than once. So doing that, jotting it down, tends to create a space in my brain for other little glimmers and sparks to appear. And I'll tend to follow the same process with those. I can't remember who it was, but... Some author wrote about this phase, and they described it as turning ideas over in the imagination like stones in a polishing machine until you can see which ones are the most brilliant. I love that image. If anyone knows who wrote that, please reach out to me because I, I'd love to look back into it. It's, it's a wonderful image for this part of the idea generation phase. I also Focus on staying as non-judgmental as possible about those ideas that do show up during this part of the process, because I do feel like my subconscious can really work its magic if I'm not too laser focused on those brand new, sometimes delicate ideas. More than once, I wonder where these come from, especially those that make it all the way through the entire process of writing a novel-length manuscript and even end up in a published book. I'll sometimes look back and think, That was a tough little nugget of an idea to make it this far, but 
it seems kind of random. Where did I, where did I get that image or where did I get that inspiration for that character? And I don't know. I'm not sure I, I want to know. That mystery is part of what makes these initial pre-writing moments so enjoyable to me anyway. And I also know not to discount tidbits that come through, no matter how out of the blue or odd they may seem, more often than not, they will look much different by the end of a project with their initial form being only a sort of a distant memory. But that again, that nugget is still there, that nugget of inspiration. What I'm getting to here is that the initial pre-writing phase is not necessarily logical or analytical. That doesn't mean it has to be this metaphysical experience necessarily. Again, it's mostly about not judging or overanalyzing the ideas that pop up during this phase as much as it's about saying, hey, welcome, come on in, let's see what you've got. And then getting them written down is a way of sort of bookmarking them so I can return to them later rather than trying to keep track of them in my brain as other ideas are appearing. There's my daughter's cat again coming to visit us. Regardless of how structured you tend to be as a writer in general, I so encourage you to enjoy this pre-writing phase. It's that, you know, world of pure imagination phase that Willy Wonka himself could have been singing about. It's the gentle current that carries us dreamily along for a spell before our little raft hits the class five rapids of drafting and then beaches itself on the dreaded middle lands of the center of a manuscript. And obviously, I have feelings about those phases. I will discuss them in future episodes, by the way, but frankly, I'm going to have to gird my loins before recording them due to the anxiety they can both provoke. By the way, if you find yourself ready to start a new project and you're eager to get into this first pre-writing zone, did I mention the cat's a Siamese? For those of you who can hear her in the background. Just a little aside here, when she hears me talking, whether it's recording a podcast, being on the phone, it always brings me back to having toddlers because she will hear my voice and think, it's my time. And she'll decide it's time to have a conversation with me or whoever's on the other end of the line. It's kind of odd, but I think it's a Siamese thing. If you are one of those writers who finds yourself ready to start a new project, you want to get into this, this cool zone of, you know, this world of pure imagination. Don't be surprised and don't be discouraged if you occasionally hit some dry spells during which the ideas just aren't showing up for whatever reason. Often, I think this can be due to stress, illness, busyness in our non-writing areas of life, the usual suspects. I have definitely experienced all of the above and the lack of ideas that can occur during those times. So the thing that works best for me when this happens is really simple, just getting out into nature preferably hiking in a beautiful spot to unwind. If you don't have a spot that you consider beautiful close by, just get outside, get out onto the road, go for a walk. When I do this, I almost invariably find that the sort of spigot of ideas starts flowing again. In fact, I actually recommend exercise, specifically outdoor exercise for some reason, for every phase of the writing process. And I'm, again, getting an idea for another episode. So, that's what I have for you about this first phase of the pre-writing process today. 
even though I'm a planter who doesn't tend to write in a linear fashion, I will try to record these how to write a novel episodes in an order that will make some kind of sense to listeners. So keep an eye out for the next installment, which will likely cover how we can take those initial sparks that have stood the test of time and polishing and move into a more cohesive pre-drafting phase of pre-writing. As always, thanks for being here and take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Groovy Writer Podcast. You can connect with the podcast on my website at nicolemcinnis.com and on Instagram at the Groovy Writer. The intro and outro music is Retro by Wayne Jones. Until next time, write on, Groovy Writers. Write on.